Welcome to Sports Bites. Welcome to Sports Bites. With your host, Chris Joseph. Chris Joseph. Are you a sports fanatic who loves the thrill of the game and the delicious food that accompanies it? And then they had uh, chicken fingers, exotic chicken fingers. Join us as we dive into the world of sports and the delectable bites that make the experience even better. Whether you're in the stadium, tailgating, or watching from the comfort of your home, get ready to satisfy your sports cravings with Chris Joseph on Sports Bites. On Sports Bites. Let's dig in. Welcome, everybody, to Sports Bites. In this episode, I'm going to break down what are my top five games to watch this weekend in college football. We'll talk about the second college football playoff rankings, maybe a little NFL, college hoops, NBA. Of course, I'm going to have my give them a six or six picks, plus the always popular tour of food choices of a stadium near you, thanks to the stadiumreviews.com. I got to know, what do you guys think about the intro? Had a professional guy juice it up a little bit. I've got an intro and an outro, so I hope you like it. Brings a little more, I think, professionalism to the show. And, and I like it. So I want to say a thanks to Bernie Bags out in Ventura, California. He's a DJ out there, kind of dealt with him, and he did a good job really creating this intro for me and, and, and capturing what I, what I think is a good representation of the show. So let's dig in. Let's get right to it. My number five game of the weekend is USC against Oregon. Okay, now this game, and I know I talked about the last time that maybe Caleb Williams would be done. I, I think Caleb is going to, you know, this might be the last game if they lose this game. And the reason I say that is right now, they're still in the running, right? Bo Nix, his trajectory is heading in a completely different direction than what it was when he was at Auburn, right? And it's completely different than what Caleb Williams is doing this year. And I, I know Caleb's going to play. Bo Nix is making the case to be in New York at the end of this season. And I wonder how Auburn fans are feeling about it. Now looking at, you know, their quarterback play down in, on the Plains. Not very good. Oregon is playing very balanced football and probably one of the hottest teams in the country right now. I mean, since that Washington loss, they've just been clicking on. They hammered Utah. The Ducks offense ranks first in scoring offense, only averaging 47.4 points per game, right? The defense is 11th, only giving up 16 points per game. You're going to win a lot of football games when you score 47 and only give up 16. Now, here, here's the crazy thing. USC is only one game behind Oregon for second in the Pac-12, tied with Arizona, Oregon State, Utah. And if USC can find a way to win this game, they're still in it for a Pac-12 title, which could lead to a New Year's Six Bowl and, and so on and so forth. I will say... This will be the game, if they lose, this will be the last time we see Caleb Williams playing college football. What will USC do now that Alex Grinch has been let go and the role of D.C. is going to be shared by linebacker coach and assistant head coach Brian Odom? Yes, Sooner fans, that same Brian Odom, former 1999 Oklahoma High School Football Player of the Year as an Ada Cougar running back. He was a member of the 2000 national title team. We'll see if his dual background of coaching and sports performance will help turn around a soft defense. Joining Odom and taking over the defense will be defensive line coach Sean Nua. He's a Super Bowl winner, and you know he's been coaching since he was two th- since two thousand and nine as an intern. 
at his alma mater, BYU, having stops at the Naval Academy, Naval Academy, Arizona State, Michigan. And Michigan, you know, you got to love where he groomed Aiden Hutchinson. So, again, this pedigree is there. Now can they convince Lincoln to play some defense to get some top recruits into L.A.? Now, this game, for me, I think will be decided early. If Oregon can jump out on USC, it's at Autzen. It's crazy. It's going to be a night game. I mean, they kick off at 9.30 Central Time. Whew. So that's a long day of football. And they're gonna th- those fans are going to be amped at Autzen. USC, like some teams, you know, they traditionally... The funny thing is, you look at it like Oklahoma, what happened, USC, those teams that have dominated conferences and teams that you had dominated for a while, like when Oregon now has its comeuppets and can really go after USC if they start to get behind. USC is like some teams that, you know, traditionally have beat down their conference. The Duck fans will revel in the opportunity to send the men of Troy home with another L. With what Washington did to USC last week, I would expect to see the Trojans to get a big dose of Bucky Irving at running back with a combination of speed, power. I, I like what Bucky's bringing. Of course, Bo Nix playing real well. The line is Oregon by 16 and a half. That's a lot of points. If USC can score. I Oregon gave up 30-plus to Washington. And you know, like I said, it, it's... It's Austin. It's a night game. We'll see what happens. 16 and a half is a lot of points. It's a lot of points, right? Over a 73 and a half. I, I, I might go there. The thing that caught my attention was this week, Lincoln Riley. He was asked the question and his response kind of blew me away. Expanding on that question, what do you feel like you've learned about, you know, having a successful defense or what it takes to have the defense that you you say USC will have? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, I, I know what it looks like. Um, I know what the change can look like. And like I said, ironically, Alex was a, a huge part of that. I mean, I watched, uh, I watched a, a defense when we took over at, at OU that, that was, you know, not the, not the strength of the program. And then I watched in a matter of several months it become the strength of the program. Um, and the chief reason why, you know, the last three years, the majority of those wins came on the heels of how well we played defensively. Okay, excuse me, what? What did you just say? You saw the change in OU to where the identity of the team became the defense, and the defense was responsible for the majority of the wins and championships. The last... Are you out there smoking some of that California bud? Because... 19 and 20, Oklahoma ranked 38th defensively, total defense. They got a little bit better. 20 and 21, that year they they ranked 29th. And then the last year together, 21-22, they ranked 76th. And and I don't understand sometimes. I get coach speak. Coaches are going to say things, and you're like, oh, yeah. But his delusion is unreal to say that the identity of the team became the defense. Get out of here, man. We'll see what happens. Who's going to be the next USC defense coordinator? It'll probably be Odom. That's what I would think. He's the assistant uh, associate head coach, whatever they call him out there. Uh, Good luck to you, man. My number four game of the weekend, keep an eye out for battle for second in the SEC East as the Tennessee Volunteers head to Missouri. Missouri coming off a disappointing finish for the second straight year where they had Georgia down 
in the fourth quarter, right? They led Georgia in the fourth quarter, but just could not make the plays down the stretch to get the job done. Brady Cook had his worst performance of the year, so he's looking to rebound. Luther Burden, Theo Weiss need to have better games than they did between the hedges. Cody Schrader, he's had two games against top 25 teams, 100 yards both times. He's looking to have another 100-yard game against a ranked opponent this year. Tennessee coming off an absolute destruction of UConn, 59-3. to This is the first of back-to-back huge games for the Vols who already have two losses in conference as next week's Tennessee will have their shot at the two-time defending national champion. You know, look for Joe Milt to establish his uh, contact with, for those here in Alabama, the former Clay Chalkville Cougar wide receiver Squirrel White to open up the running game. If Joe Milton struggles, will we see Nico Imalaviela? I don't, I don't know. He might get some reps. He's a quarterback of the future for Josh Hype on the Vols, and in this matchup, I think Brady Cook is a better quarterback. I think Cody Schrader is the better running back. And the Tigers have a better duo in Luther Burden and Theo Weiss at wide receiver. They asked Josh Heupel about Luther Burden in his press conference this week. Luther Burden's a receiver that can make a lot happen for Missouri. What were the challenges of slowing him down? And then when you have an offense like that that you know, throws it really well, runs it well, you're not going to stop everything. But how's the balancing act of trying to shut down one phase of that game? Yeah, uh, you got to be really good in the run game because um, everything will play off of that too. Um, they create a lot of big plays with uh, chunk plays, uh, design shots down the football field. Um, he, he's a really good player, and so when he gets the ball in his hands, uh, he's difficult to bring down. They do a good job of moving him around, too, um, where you got to track where he's at uh, for some of the ball in hands, and, uh, you know, they try to find matchups for him. So we got to do a great job against him, but he's not the only wide receiver. they got a really good core uh, group of wide receivers that uh, are dynamic. Good group of dynamic receivers. Luther Burden's a problem. I mean, he could do so much. For that team, he's hard to bring down. Like you said, tackling in space is going to be hard. So I like this matchup. It's going to be pretty interesting. Tennessee, Heupel also was quoted during his press conference saying he's really like the Tennessee, the Vol Nation on the road. We'll see how many make it out to Columbia, which been there. Furrow Field sucks. Um, I'm not, you know, when they talk about the next scheduling, I'm not going to care about not being able to make it to Missouri game. Uh, I'm not missing out. Just been there before, wasn't impressed. A number three game to keep an eye out this weekend. We're going to head back to the Pac-12 as the Utah Utes head to one of the most picturesque football stadiums in the country as they take on the undefeated Washington Huskies and their Heisman hopeful Michael Penix Jr. Now with the big three of Penix, Roma Dunze, and Dylan Johnson, I just think the Huskies are too much for the depleted Utes. Now Washington has struggled lately with lesser opponents. One thing we know is that Kyle Winningham's teams are tough, right? They, they took it on the chin against Oregon. So we'll see if Washington Washington can do something similar to the Utes as what Oregon did. Utah's defense is still really good. Ranks ninth in total points, allowing just 15.9 points. And that's even after giving up 35 to Oregon. Will Dylan Johnson add another 100-yard game, considering last week was his first 100-yard rushing game ever in a four-year career? Will Penix keep the Huskies undefeated? I think so. His Heisman hopes alive. I think so. Husky Stadium is going to be rocking. The dogs look to keep their season a clean sheet. The line in the game is Washington by 9.5 with an over of 54.5. Uh, I, I probably like Washington minus a 9.5 in that game. 
I, I just you know they're on a, they're on a collision course with Oregon again the Pac-12 for the Pac-12 championship. Washington's head coach was asked about the game coming up. Joe's got a, a safety who also plays running back at times. Vaki <coughs> just seems kind of a unique player. When you look at him on, on film, what do you see and how unique is that kind of skill set in the way that they use him? Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, I, you know, I didn't realize that till yesterday, you know, just we haven't had a lot of carryover on both sides of the ball watching the film. And so um, seeing what he does, uh, you know, defensively and then uh, the explosiveness and when how many times he touches it and what the yards are per carry, um, it's it's impressive. So uh, Sione Vaki is phenomenal for the Utah Utes. You talk about Travis Hunter playing both ways. Sione Vaki does it for the Utah Utes. He's got six catches, two touchdowns, averaging 24 yards a catch, rushing the ball, carried the ball 30 times for an eight-yard average. Get out of here. It's a matchup nightmare, and he's going to pop you on defense. I love that, and that's the kind of player that, that Kyle Whittingham looks for. That matchup. Again, I just think Washington has way too many horses. I don't think the game is close. I, th- I think it's something similar to what happened in the Oregon game. I just think with no, no great quarterback, it's, you know, and, and I know they beat USC and everyone talked about the pig farmer. I just, they're not that good. I don't think Utah is that great of a football team. I think Washington is just a little bit better. They got a little bit more talent. And I think they're going to win that game pretty easily. My number two game of the weekend. Head back between the hedges. Game day is going to be there. Ole Miss traveling to Georgia. Dogs looking like they're hitting their stride at the right time with an Alabama rematch possibly ahead of them. But first, the dogs have to deal with Lane Kiffin, Jackson Dart, Quinshawn Judkins, Trey Harris. And does Ole Miss have a shot? You know, it's a big game. I think... Ole Miss will. Do they have to play a clean game? Yes. They can't be like Missouri having late game turnovers, you know, derailing them. The Rebels are coming off, you know, coming for the Kings of College football. And what will Kiffin and that offense bring to the table? Ole Miss is going to try to run tempo to get Georgia's defense out of whack. I, I imagine that with formations, get some matchups that'll favor their offense. They're going to run a lot of different formations. Will Carson Beck continue to ascend? And what will Pete Golding do? All right, to stop this Georgia offense. Bottle up Lad McConkey. Now Kirby and the dogs you know, have taken on every challenge and people are wanting them to lose and saying this week the dogs will lose. Kentucky will be the one. Nope. Missouri's going to be the one. Nope. Georgia still marches on. And the offense. You know, the offensive line will play a huge role in this. Quietly, Georgia's ranked seventh in scoring offense, averaging 40 points per game. Defensively, they're ranked sixth, giving up 15.4 points a game. That, that's crazy. And the dogs are just doing what the dogs do. Now, Lane Kiffin was asked at his press conference about, you know, messaging Kirby Smart. And Lane's always good for a quote. You and Kirby, obviously, were both uh, assistants under, under Nick Saban. And you've, you've talked about the, the, the group chat dynamic that you had with him. But what is your relationship like with Kirby? Uh, yeah, I tried to get that going on Sunday and this morning. Other people respond. He's not responded yet on it. So, um I was asking some other people if anybody has advice. No, I had a drink with, so he's on there. And um, but Kirby didn't really respond, so he must have a. We haven't played him before, so maybe he has a rule during the week of the game he doesn't respond to you. The week of the game he doesn't respond to you. Good, good for Kirby. I, I will say this: one of the banes of my existence is group text. 
please don't involve me in a group text because people are going to start talking at time. And I just, I'm not, I'm not here for group texts. I'm not one of the worst things in life. If you ask me, I would rather headbutt a rusty nail than be in group texts. Hate it. My number one game of the weekend Starts the day off, Fox Big Noon kickoff. The matchup has a lot of people talking and not just about the game, but all the surrounding noise coming with Michigan. My number one game is Michigan on the road at Penn State. J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum. There's news coming out about Blake Corum being tied in you know, to the guy in, in trouble for uh, sign stealing. It's, it's, there's, there's a lot going on. Now, there's reports out there that we can find out as soon as Thursday that Jim Harbaugh could be suspended. Well, who knows? Do I think the Big Ten was doing it as a PR stunt to say, hey, we're, yeah, because you look bad if you're not doing anything. But Beaver Stadium is going to be rocking. We'll see if J.J. McCarthy and them can quiet that large crowd. And they're going to be looking to rattle in a nerve Michigan. And now these schools have been involved in two of the biggest scandals in sports history now. And I'll bet you the student section in the crowd are going to let Harbaugh and the Wolverines know their dislike for them which I'm sure the Michigan fans did the same thing when Penn State and the Jerry Sandusky stuff came out. And, and all that aside, the game itself to me is interesting. Can Michigan quiet the outside noise? Continue to march through the season. The Wolverines ranked fifth in scoring offense at 40.7 points per game. Defensively, they're number one in the country, only allowing 6.7 points per game. And people say they haven't played anybody. Sure, you still have to go out and execute. Michigan defense will look to rattle Drew Aller like Ohio State did. Aller's still really good with ball security. He's only thrown one interception to 20 touchdowns all year. He's really good for a guy in his really his first year of starting. The quarterback advantage, I give to McCarthy for his athletic ability and experience. The running back edge, I give to Michigan. Blake Corb, I think he's way better back than Katron Allen. And I don't think Allen is bad just going against a better back, a better offensive line. I mean, that offensive line in Michigan is ridiculous. And I want to say thank you. Because of them, I want a $50 gift card to a Rodney Scott barbecue because I, I one of the games earlier this year, I said that the offensive line was going to dominate and I actually won that contest. So uh, I, thank you to the Michigan offensive line. Now the wide receiver edge, I give to Penn state, Keandre Lambert Smith. I think short routes, letting him run in space will be key. If Penn state stands a chance, kind of think about what Oklahoma state did to OU over the last weekend, death by a thousand slants, right? Penn state, they're a very competitive team. And if you look at their defense, it ranks third in scoring defense, only allowing 11.9 points per game, while the Drew Aller-led offense ranks sixth with 40.2 points per game. It's going to be cold. It's going to be overcast. It's going to be your typical Big Ten November game. And I just think Michigan is too much for Penn State, although I think the nation would love to see Michigan lose. What will come of the Michigan scandal? And I don't know. I don't think it will affect the team this year. And what I hate is how the NCAA does it. They have to do their due diligence. And it will more than likely lead to vacating wins, vacating awards, and punishing a group of young men that were not part of the team that committed these infractions. And what Harbaugh may be suspended for, what, a game or two? Who cares? Michigan has received the official notice from the Big Ten. They have 48 hours to respond. You know, they're prepared to fight any punishment the Big Ten hands down. You know, In the war of the words, Michigan calls this a PR move. And I think that's what it is. It, but... Jim Harbaugh is really awkward. He was asked about it, about the sign-stealing allegations. And just listen to how, I just, I wish you could see the video. Yeah, I, I, I was, you know, appreciate your question. Uh, but 
Um, yeah, this is, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, really not, not, uh, not going to, not allowed to talk about him, not talking about him, uh, you know, really want to talk about the game. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the guys are such stalwarts. And the comments keep coming about, um, you know, why they're good, how they're good. I mean, it's crazy if you see the video, okay? Harbaugh looks like a guy that is about to say something in the legal team, his SID, whoever is in the back behind all of the reporters in the line of sight of Jim Harbaugh. And he's doing like the, you know, no, 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 sh- sh- no, no. So it's just, it's very awkward. I, I, I don't know what to think about all this. Like, I, I, I want to see, you know, more of what's going on before I really dive into it. I mean, if they're, if they're doing what they're saying they're doing, I think it's terrible. And I think there needs to be swift justice. And they shouldn't be allowed into the playoffs, period. Shouldn't. This Connor Stallions guy, man, he's he's nutso. Really? Nuts-o. The second week of the college football playoff rankings came out. A little bit of shifting in the top 10. Penn State now in the top 10. That's going to help bolster Michigan if they win. Ole Miss moved up to number nine. Alabama, Texas, Oregon, Washington. Like everyone really stayed the same. Nobody moved from the eighth spot, right? A lot of confusion about Alabama. Alabama basically one went away from being in the SEC championship game. They beat Kentucky this weekend. They're the SEC West representative. They're going to be in the SEC championship game. I think if Georgia wins this weekend, they clinch spot two. So we could have the SEC title game already lined up and still have a couple games left to go in championship November. Ohio State, your number one team. Georgia, number two. Michigan, three. Florida State, four. That's your that's your playoff. You have Ohio State versus Florida State. Georgia, Michigan. Uh, the two outsiders, Washington and Oregon. One of those teams is going to be knocked out. And you know, and what if USC beats them? I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's going to be crazy. The biggest jump, of course, was uh, Oklahoma State jumped up seven spots, up to number fifteen. Oklahoma was the biggest fall, down eight spots to seventeen. You know, and, and quickly on my Sooners, guys, there's still a chance, you know. And I think now it's so funny watching Oklahoma fans. They want to play Oklahoma State again in the, in the Big 12. They don't want to play Texas again. They want to play Oklahoma State again, which makes me think there's more people that think this is a rivalry than what I did. But there's a lot of people who want to play and, and find a way, and they're going to need some help. Texas has got to lose one. you got to have Kansas lose. It's... There's some help, but we've seen crazier things happen. But there's a lot of Oklahoma fans that want to see Oklahoma and Oklahoma State square off again. But that's your your college football playoff rankings. If the playoffs were to start today, Ohio State versus Florida State, Georgia versus Michigan. Uh, right now, I'm I'm three out of four with my preseason predictions. The only different I had Alabama in there, not Ohio State. And I think once Michigan and Ohio State play, one of those teams is gone. I don't, I don't think either of those teams, I don't think the Big Ten gets two in. I don't. I just, I don't. I really, I really don't. But now, it's time for my favorite segment to give him a sixer, six picks. Here's the snap. Look, swing play to Payne. He's looking to the 10, cuts outside, five. Touchdown, give him a sixer, Brian Payne. 
Peyton Gavris looking for a pass down the far side. Caught touchdown! Corbin Cleveland! Give him a sixer! Now it's time. Here's my picks. All right. First game, USC, Oregon. Line is Oregon now. Now it's 15. The over of 73 and a half. I mean, USC can score. Oregon's playing really good. It's, I, I just, I think there's so much turmoil at USC right now. I'll take US or Oregon minus the 15. I just think there's too much going on. There's too much. Tennessee and Missouri, the line is Tennessee minus one. I'm going to take Missouri plus the one at home. I think Missouri pulls this one off. The over of 58 and a half, I like the over in that too. If I had to pick one, I would take the over in this game. I'm pretty sure that the over is going to hit in this game. Game number three, Utah-Washington. That line is nine and a half. I would take Washington minus the nine and a half. I think Washington is just that much better. My number two game, Georgia Ole Miss. It's a night game between the hedges. Georgia favored by 10 and a half. The over is 57 and a half. I'm going to take the over. I'm staying away from the 10 and a half. I, I like Ole Miss plus 10 and a half if I had to pick one, but I'm going to go with the over of 57 and a half. I think there's going to be some points scored in this game. And the number one game of the week, Michigan Penn State. Lines Michigan by four, over of 44 and a half. It's going to be cold blustery. I like Michigan minus the four and a half in that game. Just I, I just think they're a far, far better team, right? And if I'm look looking if I'm looking at my upset special, who am I gonna take? That's a six and a half point underdog at least. All right, here's my upset. Duke to beat North Carolina. North Carolina is favored by 14 and a half. I like Duke to win that game outright. That's my upset special. Duke Blue Devils, the tobacco road battle. I love it. I'm going with the Dukies to win this game. You can also check Hooked on Helmets, and he will have a great breakdown of the Duke Blue Devil helmet history. Now it's time. We're going to do one of my favorite things. Uh, It's time to head back to the stadium reviews. This time we're going to go to Furrow Field. I know I, I, I talked about it. But let's see what you can eat at Furrow Field, right? There's a big game. Oklahoma fans, you probably hadn't been there in a while. SEC fans, if you hadn't been. Healthcare Premier Partners. Burrow Field, home to the Missouri Tigers, opening in 1926. Gone through numerous renovations. Recently, the venue has gone through new food and drink options that they'll offer their concession to help enhance the college football experience. So the classic food at Furrow Field, right? Classic food. Grab-and-go stands, multiple stands throughout the whole concourse. Check out quickly stuff that'll have soda, water, beer, chips, you know, your, your typical stuff. Brew Pub Pizza, 
There are numerous concession stands out there selling pizza. Gotta love pizza. Fan favorite. That's a place we're going to go get your hot dogs, bratwurst, chicken tenders, traditional stadium food, right? Chili dogs, pretzels, nachos. Love all that stuff. Beer stands all over the place. Now, your elevated food. What's the new food at Faroe Field? New craft beer tent. Everybody likes to have that craft beer, whether you like sours, IPAs, stouts, it doesn't matter. Zoo Chew. This is, this is where I would go. Brisket sandwiches. Mac and cheese dishes. Fried on turkey. Look, I'm not a big fan of the turkey legs, okay? It, you know, I love turkey. Don't get me wrong. When it comes time to Thanksgiving, I'm on the I'm on the sleepy train to tryptophan town. But being in a public event with a giant turkey leg, you look like a buffoon. I'm just, I'm not, so it's, it's too much work. No, thank you. Dickie's Barbecue, they got brisket sandwiches as well. Burger Stand 120, fans looking for hamburgers, cheeseburgers, veggie burgers, fries. They've got it there at Burger Stand 120. It's in Section 120, the same. Nacho stands, barbecue nachos, brisket nachos. <sighs> brisket nachos are really, really good. Chicken fan favorites. You're looking for buffalo chicken fingers? Right there. Chili cheese hot dogs, bowl of sausages. Uh, you know, I, but I like Nashville hot chicken, so I like the buffalo chicken tender basket. You got Buck's ice cream for dessert, Andy's frozen custard. I do like a frozen custard. Dippin' Dots, ice cream of the future. Potato chips, pretzels, all that stuff out there. So, I mean, not, not a lot. Um... A couple of, you know, brisket places. I would have to go compare the brisket sandwiches. You know, it really depends on the rub, the smoke, the bark you got on it. You know, how good is that brisket really going to be? Right? How good is it going to be? We'll see. Really enjoying, you know, the stadiumreviews.com. I really like what they've done. I just want to say thank you, um, to Greg Christen, him coming on and talking about the state of College basketball tipped off. Hey, on the men's side, Tom Izzo and the Michi- uh, Michigan State Spartans already got their early season win out of the way, or loss out of the way. They lost to James Madison. And I- I've got to talk about James Madison just a little bit. Okay. Think about what James Madison has done. Jeff Bourne. The AD, he's stepping down in the spring of 24 after 25 years of service as the athletic director for James Madison. The Dukes, you know, you've now in Division One, you're undefeated. They got a shot and should be playing on a New Year's Six Bowl if they finish undefeated. Softball, they made it to the Women's College World Series with Odyssey Alexander. And now they defeat Michigan State. James Madison Athletics, man, the Dukes are doing it, man. Good for you. Big shoes to fill who's ever taken in, taking the role for Jeff Burns, right? That's crazy. But on the women's side, could happen to a better lady. Kim Mulkey, LSU, her super team, they got beat game one against Colorado. Colorado's ranked number 18, so it's not a terrible team. But again, what are you wearing, Kim Mulkey? Some of the stuff she wears, I mean, she used to be a Baylor, and I was covering the OU women's team. Like some of the heels, she, I was wondering how she's going to walk up and down the court without snapping an ankle. She's always like pounding, you know, she's stomping on it. And I just, I don't know. But all the superstars, Haley Van Lue, all those guys, all those girls that came to LSU, defending national champions, you lost game one. But I love it. 
College basketball season is underway. I, I love college basketball. I'm a big fan of college basketball. Can't wait for the tournament. March Madness is always one of my favorites. We might have like a contest on here by then. Get the fans up. Early on in the NBA this season, Eastern Conference looks like it's going to be the Celtics are going to be a tough out. The Nuggets and Mavericks are pacing the way in the West. Thunder, you know, playing really well. I like what the Thunder are doing. Um, they had the Hawks in town not too long ago this week, and they gave Trey Young a uh, – they honored him with the street. So I'm like, you know what, good, good, good for you, Trey, the former Norman North Timberwolf. Right now, looking at it, Thunder are uh, – and there's teams scoring a lot of points. The Thunder are up 10, and I love the youth for the Oklahoma City Thunder, right? I think the youth of that team is really going to help them. You look at guys, Chet Holgram, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Josh Gritty, Lou Dort. It's, it's, I think it's the youngest team in the NBA. So they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. But I want to say thank you guys again for tuning in. And remember to always positively move forward. Thanks for joining us on this delicious journey through the world of sports and food on Sports Bites. Sports Bites. With your host, Chris Joseph. We hope you've enjoyed the game day stories and culinary adventures. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And if you've got any mouth-watering sports-related tales or favorite game day recipes, share them with us on social media. Until next time, remember, it's not just about the game. It's about the bites that make it unforgettable. Stay hungry for more Sports Bites.